This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The constant theme of uh, of Humboldt, I think, since this whole thing came to light, is just how special this particular team was. The coach, Darcy Hahn, who also happened to lose his life, had often, as I read through all these stories, had often said that that this team, that this team of kids was really very special. And so we're going to hear these headlines, I think, for some time to come. And here's a great example of, of what made the kids on the team so special. Ryan Strez, uh, I'm going to say this right, Strezchenitsky, uh miraculously survived the crash, went through seven hours of surgery, only to learn when he awoke that he'd be paralyzed from the chest down. And yet, with some help, he forced himself to sit up. And we learned through his story that three other teammates uh, remain in a coma with the very same injury. So it's going to be touch and go for some time. But despite Ryan's life-changing situation, he wanted to get a wheelchair so he could go see his teammates. And then within hours of, of learning that he could no longer walk, he said to his dad, when do we start training? Declaring that his goal was to get back on the ice and suit up for Canada's sledge hockey team. But he also told his dad that he feels guilty, which means he's got survivor's uh, guilt, and that is something that a lot of people go through. He questions, you know, why did I live and why did my friends die? You know, and then there's this outpouring of um, support for the truck driver. 130,000 Canadians have taken to social media to share support for that driver of the rig that may be to blame. Nothing's been confirmed. They write, Dear Saskatchewan truck driver, as we all sit back and contemplate all that has occurred since the collision and the massive emotional impact of the death of these 15 people, please know some of us are thinking of you as well. That may change. It do, it, we don't know yet. But if someone is, is charged and it just happens to be that truck driver, would that change? I want to bring in Dr. Nicholson, uh, Nicholas rather Carlton, who is a professor of psychology in Saskatoon University. Doctor, what normally happens in a in a situation like we're seeing, um, you know, with this tragedy unfolding? I mean, we've got this this outburst and, and outpouring of emotion on a number of different label uh, levels, and you know, it's sadness. But how does it evolve in the coming days and weeks? Well, our initial reactions to a potentially traumatic event are are very diverse. It uh, depends in in large part on a lot of our own experiences and a lot of the differences between us as individuals. So, we see lots of uh, immediate post reactions that can vary quite greatly, from uh, strong emotions like sadness or grief or anxiety or anger, all the way to persons who uh, who are having relatively uh, less intense emotional responses. And then as the the days and the weeks progress, each of us uh, responds in some parts uh, differently depending on our on our own strengths and our own activities and our own challenges. So it's a it's it's a much more complicated thing than than uh, a lot of people realize. Most of the time though, after exposure to a potentially traumatic event, most of the the population does go through a, a recovery process and, and they do tend to actually recover and, and demonstrate the resilience that we know people have uh, quite well on their own. Are you surprised that, at how this has affected Canadians at large? 
I, I don't think, I mean, uh, yes and no. Uh, I, I think Canada is really a, a, a small community, much smaller than most people think. And, and I think Canadians feel like we are a community. So when a tragedy like this event happens, I, I think uh, Canadians take it quite personally because so many of, uh, of Canadians are from small towns. They're involved in sporting activities and they can imagine the challenges that this community must be facing. And so I, I think they feel a, a large amount of kinship with the, the community that's experiencing this right now. We hear a lot of interesting stories, you know, as, as we learn the faces, the names of those who have been impacted by this. And of course, you get um, players like uh, Ryan Stretchnitsky, who miraculously survived, but he's now paralyzed from the chest down. And his instinct was to get up and say, hey, you know what, I'm going to get a gold, but it's going to be in sledge hockey. So he wants to get right back to it. But he did tell his dad, you know, I, f- I feel guilty. Um, survivor's guilt. How does that evolve? And, and you know, is that something that these young men or those who survive this will ever get over? It's certainly possible that that they're going to experience survivor's guilt, and and whether that guilt continues or not is is going to depend on a on a great many factors. But if uh, an individual is surviving something that is that is this challenging and and this extensive for them, it it can certainly uh, set off a, a large scale change in their perceptions. We tend to focus a lot on things like uh, survivor's guilt and difficulties with emotions and and the challenges that can be pros- or, pardon me that can be uh, so extended beyond. On the event, but I think it's also important to recognize that that we're also, uh, as you mentioned with this story, seeing evidence of of growth as well. People mm-hmm. uh, really realizing the their own capacity, their own ability to change, refocusing on what they believe is is most important in their lives, and so uh, so there are certainly opportunities for them also to grow and and to uh, engage with this challenge in in ways that may eventually be uh, be less damaging and less hurtful than they might be experiencing right now. But it's going to be a heck of a challenge. I mean, because not only are they dealing with the grief of losing friends uh, and surviving, but then they have to also cope with, uh, with changes. Uh, physically, many of them will not be the same as they were. Absolutely, it's a, it's it's a, it will certainly be a, a significant event that I I think we're already seeing. There's evidence of of the ripple effects not only here at home but across uh, across the country. Mm-hmm. And so, if it's having that kind of a, a ripple effect, I, I think we can expect that for many of them, if not all of them, it will certainly be an event that changes their lives. And you know, I'm a little surprised by this, but uh, according to one story, over 130,000 Canadians have uh, taken to social media. Um, to share support for the driver of that rig, who we don't know, but could be to blame for this whole thing. And I think maybe it's a little bit early, but, and I'm sure he's got all sorts of issues and, um, you know, his own struggles that he's going to have to deal with. But I'm surprised we're not seeing anger from people, uh, or if that will, you know, if that support could turn to anger, if in fact he is found uh, to be guilty of this. Well, and and I think it's I think it is it's early. We we're not really sure what uh, what sort of what has has transpired on that front. But I think people's emotions are going to wax and wane uh, in a lot of different ways over the next uh, weeks and months as we learn more about what happened. And uh, I think uh, under the circumstances, we we can expect that that kind of emotional change is is likely to occur. We're also going to see uh, a lot of people asking, I think, questions about why and what we can do, uh, no matter what, who is at fault or how things came to pass. I think one of the big questions that will come about will be, how do we make sure that we reduce the probability this happens again in the future? Right. It, you know, I think uh, I keep going to the, the Mutso case, which was a drunk driving case where a young man um, drinking uh, ran through a stop sign and killed three young kids and, and a grandfather. 
the visceral reaction to that story was just absolute outrage and anger, and he's vilified and hated. And I wonder if we should expect or could expect that kind of anger um, in this kind of situation, if it's found that, you know, someone was to blame for this being that driver of that truck. Do you get the sense that that support can, can quickly change? Well, I, I certainly think that the the emotions uh, can can shift and change depending on on people's perceptions and and people's perspectives. I think uh, it will be it'll be largely I think dependent on on a lot of how the uh, on what we find out in the future and and how the media and the population engage with the new information right. that they're given. Yeah, and I think that's interesting. I mean, my theory is that they will hold back information and be very careful about how they they uh, disperse it because. Everyone's very emotional and very tra- traumatized. And to come right out, I think, and say, well, you know, this is the person who is to blame and is being charged, that would, in fact, I think, be uh, somewhat more damaging, no? Well, I think right now it, we're still in a very acute state with uh, this is all still very, very fresh. It's, we're, we're talking days old at this point. And so I think right now the, the focus should be primarily on, uh, uh, and, and it has been, I think, on making sure that we're looking after all of the people that are that are engaging with the event, that are suffering through the tragedy, making sure that we've got the physical and mental health supports in place, and making sure that we are we are looking after all of the people that are being impacted. And then, uh, as we as we come to to grips with uh, a little bit more of the current situation, and if you'll forgive the proverb, as we get our feet back under us yeah. a little bit here, then I think we can take some of those next steps uh, in ways that are going to be good responses instead of uh, instead of reactions. And, and just before I let you go, I mean, it's wonderful to see the country come together. We've got all these hashtags. You've got the colors being worn. You've got the hockey sticks going out. And of course, you've got a large amount of money being raised for these, these people. Um, my concern is that, you know, the headlines will soon fade. And, in, and when I talk to people who have lost uh, loved ones in traumatic situations, they've told me that it didn't become real until the media left and they're they're left kind of on their own to deal with the grief. This would be probably about the biggest we've seen of that. I, I this is certainly the biggest that I've seen of this sort of uh, of this sort of outpouring and I'm not sure in this case how things will transpire as the media fades away but certainly while everything is in the moment of attention it's there's adrenaline going there's lots of activity and then uh, then there's certainly a possibility that as uh, as that fades away the reality of of the situation not the reality let me rephrase that all of the dimensions of the reality of the situation the the can can become quite poignantly felt by people uh, because we, you know, less people are around, and and all of a sudden you're sort of left to to try and get back to to normal, and and that can be a huge challenge. And I just hope that uh, that we've got the resources in place, and and it certainly seems like the outpouring of support uh, should help to make sure that we've got evidence-based best practice care, both mental and physical, for all of the people who uh, who are involved in this situation, so that we can help them to make the the transition through this challenging part of their life and and moving forward as best they can. Thanks so much for joining us, Doctor. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you. And that is Dr. Nicholas Carlton joining us tonight. I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.